You're listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE or at midkansasonline.com. This is your chance to hear from the McPherson College coaches and student athletes each week during the sports year. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Welcome into our McPherson College Coaches Show as we are officially in crossover season with the fall sports and the winter sports colliding. I am Jim Joyner, and this is Steve Sell, a very popular man, maybe the <laughs> most popular man. Steve, it's kind of the weird time of the year for the Bulldog teams and really all of college athletics where you have this crossover. Fall sports are winding down. Winter sports are picking up. There's the excitement for winter sports like basketball and getting the conference play underway and then other teams that are finishing the conference tournament going on at the same time. Yeah, the cross-country team finished up last weekend. The soccer team's finished up. Football finishes up Saturday uh, with a road trip to Avila, so we're just about into the winter season. Well, Steve, without further ado, let's dive into our coaches' show. show. We We have too many coaches to get to. We've got to fly, so without further ado, let's hear from women's basketball coach Josh Nichols as they are almost underway up at Bethany tonight. Starting off our McPherson College Coaches Show tonight, we're joined by women's basketball coach Josh Nichols as, hey, here in just about 10 seconds, you'll be tipping off from Bethany. Yeah. But we are excited to see you guys play in conference play for the first time tonight at Bethany. But a long trip for you guys over the weekend to Dakota State. They came here for you last year. You reciprocated and made the long trip back up there this weekend and ended up losing 95-83. to But it looked like your team had a chance early on to stay in that game, and you were up at halftime but couldn't finish down the stretch. No, the, we just didn't travel our defense. Um, that was the most disappointing thing. You score 83 points, and you kind of expect to win, uh, not get beat by double figures. So that was a little disappointing. We just didn't travel with our defense, and that's, you know, to me that's kind of been our calling card since I've gotten here is our defense, and that was this is one game where we just didn't have it. And Brittany Roberts is just – Having an unbelievable start to her season, I think it was 28-16 and 16 this time. Uh, she's averaging uh, – she's leading the conference in scoring at 19-7. She's second to Abby Schmidt of Bethel in rebounding at 13-7, I believe it is. At some point, you got to think teams are just going to start doubling her and, and tripling her, and uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem to stop her, though. No, she doesn't care, neither do I. So, yeah. <laughs> um, she she works her tail off, and, and that's, you know, that's who she is, and uh, – at the same time, you know, we got to have other people step up as well to kind of uh, help the burden of scoring. And, and we've we've had some we had some you know, Kanaja Upchurch had a really good game this weekend. Uh, you know, Danny Holt's kind of figuring some stuff out for us. You know, Mason's been scoring, and then we got to get a few other kids. To Haley Hurst out. has been oh, really stepped up. Absolutely. She stepped Haley's up the really central well. game and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the last game. Yeah, been really proud of her and her progress. So. We get a few more people. You know, the three pointers. You know, Ellie hasn't shot the ball well yet, but you know, it's, you know it's, it's gonna, there. It's going to happen. Yeah, you know? and and Brittany Jarvis. Yeah. we know she can shoot it too. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, right now we just made a couple threes. Yeah, <laughs> as this is going off right now, you can you can flip up the dial and probably find the game. Going back to Wednesday from the Mayor's Cup. I'm surprised you didn't bring the cup out here with you and set it right there in front of the camera. But a nice win for your team and sort of a helter-skelter crazy game with Central, 76-65. At first it looked like no team was going to break 40. Then it looked like you had a chance to push 100 in the second half. Just a crazy game, but a good test, I feel like it was, for your team to play in a just frenetic pace yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah, and Central has so much size, you know, so when you talk about – 
you know, teams come with doubles and things like that. You know, Central has so much size, it could give us some problems, but, you know, Brittany took it to them as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I just thought maybe maybe we got the, the environment was a little little much for the start of the game, and we kind of just threw the ball everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you were sitting in the front row, you had to be protected. <laughs> Bethany coming up as we speak right now tonight. Uh, three and two on the year. They started three and zero. Then played a couple good teams over at uh, Hillsboro. Came out on the short end. Uh, Ferg's p team picked, uh, I think, third in the KCAC. They have Lauren Welsh back. Uh, two years ago, she was one of the best players in the conference and got hurt like the second or third game into the season. And uh, they've got a lot of familiar players back. Yeah, it seems like every time. You know, Coach Ferguson and I get together, we kind of set the game back. So if you can bring your peach baskets tonight, <laughs> we may need them. Uh, no, he's got a gr great crew coming back, and, and, you know, I expect them to kind of get better as the year. He's got a lot of new faces as well um, and trying to get, you know, Welsh integrated with uh, the team they had last year and plus all the new faces. It, it's going to take them some time to kind of get where they want to be, but I expect them to be at the top of the conference when it's all said and done. And, you know, they got a lot of size and some length as well and some you know, some good shooters. Um you know, freshman point guard is just playing really well. The Garrett so, girl yeah, has really, really been well. lighting it up for them. So, and they've always been a good defensive team. Yeah, um, I, I don't expect anything different. I mean, I expect it to be a good, hard-fought game, and you know. Um, and last year, you guys won at Bethany, and then Bethany won yep, here. Kind of yep. strange. You don't see that very often. No. So uh, he's got a good group. So it's going to be a good battle. Well, as you start conference play this week, I was going to say, well, I think you probably want to try and get conference playoff to a better start than you did last year. It was a little slower start and then finished really strong. It makes it tough when you're playing two really good teams this yeah. week in Bethany and Tabor to get it off to a good start. But still, a lot that you can get done this week to begin conference play. Yeah, uh, you know, even though we're playing playing two of the top three teams, you know, in the conference preseason-wise, you know, we still feel confident that we can go out and compete and kind of figure out where we're at. Um, you know, we're still battling the injury bug. You know, this is really early. I know everyone – in the case he feels this way, I mean, playing this many conference games before we eat turkey, it's kind of crazy, kind of strange. Yeah. Well, Coach Nichols, hopefully not at this exact moment. You're not getting a technical or anything. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping that maybe it's Ferg getting the technical from all, all the three-pointers yeah. raining in from you guys. Yeah, well, best good. of luck tonight at Bethany, and then we'll see you on Saturday for Tabor. Thank you. Joining us now on our McPherson College Coaches Show is Bulldog men's basketball coach T.J. Eskelson. Only one game since we talked with you last week, and that was the Mayor's Cup and a 77-70 loss to the Central Christian College Tigers. You now have a 3-1 record, and just like that, the conference season gets underway this week. But what were some of your thoughts and reflections after the Mayor's Cup game from Wednesday night in terms of how your team performed and, of course, a seven-point loss? And what, what are some of the things that you, you've taken away now a week later? Yeah, um, I was I was happy with our our battle in the first half. I thought we came out and we just didn't we didn't shoot the ball real well. Uh, I think that Central Christian did an unbelievable job defending defending us. Uh, they made things difficult. Um, I was proud of our our battle in the first half. I thought we had some stretches in the second half where we just we didn't execute real well, um, and that kind of that, that's when the lead kind of went up to ten. And then we we, we kept battling. I, mean, I don't I don't think that we that that we ever gave up, but. Uh, but I, I think that our practices so far this since then have, have been really competitive and really good, and um, we're just trying to take some steps forward from that game. You talk about the battle of your team. Three-point shooting has kind of been the staple early on, but yet you did not make a three in the first half, 0-12, yeah. but you found other ways to stay in the game. Fred Watts all night long was just unbelievable. He was a monster, 23-13 and 13, uh, for Fred. Probably his best game that I can recall as a Bulldog. 
But, uh, you know, and then the second half, you hit 50% from three. So you did pick it up in the second half. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I give a lot of credit to Central Christian on, on that front. I think that they did a, did a really good job early of, of just contesting shots. And um, I think that – uh, that that we made our guys it, it were just a little bit on their heels early in the game in terms of their physicality um, and their ability to get up in us. But then as the game wore on, I felt like we got more comfortable with that. And, and Fred, obviously, Fred was a big reason we were in the game in the first half still. And and throughout the game, he just he he, he played really really hard. Um, was was a monster on the glass. And we're going to need that from him coming down when we get in the conference now. Uh, we're we're going to need that type of effort out of him um, on a nightly basis if we can and the atmosphere was great atmosphere was great and I'm hoping like I said I'm, I'm hoping that that can that can be good for us going moving into conference because we play at Bethany on Wednesday and uh, and uh, I think it's going to be a similar atmosphere and, and hopefully the experience of playing in that atmosphere once will be will prove to be a good thing for us and tonight's game with the Swedes tonight Wednesday because yeah. we are doing this taping Tuesday yeah. for Wednesday a Bethany team I picked very high but I think they've really kind of exceeded what people thought. Really good win on Saturday over College of the Ozarks. They're big. They've had some injuries. Uh, they didn't have their uh, all-conference performer, Mookie Duncan, but they've got other guys stepping in. And they've got some new guys that can really play. They do. They're they're a very talented group, um, and they've had some guys in and out of the lineup. Justin Jones is somebody who played in one game for them so far against Ozarks. Had 16 points. He's a D2 transfer. That's a really good player. Um, Ivory. Yeah, Mo, Mo, uh, Shimon Ivory is is another one that's a, a transfer from the Iowa Conference, the same Iowa JUCO Conference that Cameron Jenkins played in, um, who's a thick guard who can really get to the rim. Um, and then and then Isaiah Signs is is a guy who's been there now for three years as their point guard. And, and been a really good player in our league already. But they've got, I mean, they've got some really good wins. They went up to Midland and beat Midland. They beat CFO. Um, those, those, are, those are teams that are, that are, those are impressive. Um, so we better be ready to go. I mean, they're, they're definitely, uh, I, I think as of right now, they've got one of the better resumes in our league coming into conference. No question. So, when it yeah. comes to conference play, we've talked about it a lot, that you only get four non-conference games before it gets going here in the middle of November, and then you have that big push up until about the holiday break, and then again yeah. you come back and you get back to the grind. If it were up to you, how would you like conference play to be structured? Because at this point, you play 24 games. Would you rather it be a division thing? Would you rather it be the way it is? How yeah. would you draw it up? Uh, personally, I, I would rather, if we could go to divisions, go to divisions and then start uh, maybe after Thanksgiving and have a few games before Christmas. And play your play. division twice and then the other side just and then, once. And the other side just okay. once. Obviously, that would be difficult to do with an, an uneven number. Um, but yeah, it just it becomes a grind when you're playing the set, the third week in November. You're starting your games and uh, uh, conference games, and it's just playing 24 conference games is a grind. But it's you're definitely going to get a true champion, whoever whoever comes out right. of that, and and you play home and home, and you play you're playing the whole year playing against those conference. So whoever comes out of that is definitely a true champion, and has been tested. For well, sure. I, I posted the uh, KCAC standings, and you look at the standings. There's a lot of good records. I mean, hardly anybody's got a losing record at this point, and uh, yeah. obviously, uh, conference is pretty strong already. Very, very strong, and that's uh, 
with as many new guys in our league, it's it's a little bit surprising. But that's kind of the trend of our conference in the last five years. If you would, when I first got here ten years ago, if you looked at people's records going into conference, everybody was usually a little bit below five hundred, right. um, maybe right at five hundred. But yeah, you look top to bottom right now. I think there's maybe only one or two. And schools I think that some of the 500. schools too, though, are not scheduling as difficult because the yes. se- because the season is such a grind. You don't see teams playing, you know. Well, other than Bethany, like C of O or Bellevue, or, yeah. or you know programs like that. No, no, because you're gonna get you're gonna get be battle tested the whole <laughs> year. So uh, you you want to you want to kind of ease yourself into your schedule a little bit. But yeah, I I have no doubt that our league's probably about as strong as it's ever been, and um, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight every night. Well, Coach Askelson, we're looking forward to conference play getting underway and a chance to make up for Coach Fiskus's team. They lost to Bethany on Saturday, so wow. the men's basketball team, you guys have yep. to step up and win one for we gotta, them. we got to get the Swedes, the county rivalry here. I know. And then Tabor here on Saturday. That's so, right. Boy, two really good rivalry games. Probably our two biggest rivals to start the uh, conference. No doubt, no doubt. So I'm, I'm excited for this week, and, and it'll be good for our group to kind of see where we're at some more here. Joining us now on our McPherson College Coaches Show is Bulldog football coach Jeremiah Fiscus. after his team lost on senior day on Saturday, a 33-32 loss in overtime against the Bethany Swedes. A tough loss for you guys on Saturday, and it felt like it came down to a lot of missed opportunities for your team. Had a couple of chances to push, push this game ahead and push that lead ahead. Had a chance in overtime, and it just felt like the missed opportunities are what got you on oh, Saturday. They're 100% what got us. You know, inconsistencies, not, you know, inconsistency in play offensively uh, really, really got us. I mean, we had a lot of yards and a lot of points, but we left a lot of things out there um, that that were just focus-issued things. I mean, it's, you know, routine plays that, you know, that we didn't make at a few spots, and we were really inconsistent in a few spots. How difficult is it to play a team that basically just says, we're not going to run the ball, and they're going to throw it every single down because they average four running plays a quarter. Right. And, uh, you know, they ran it just enough. Well, the first half, I think they had one yard or minus one yard, but uh, they just throw it every down, and that's got to be kind of difficult on a defense because as much as you're rotating guys, I mean, you're rushing the passer every down. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is is – you're going to get hit for yards. You know, anybody that's watched college football for quite a while, I mean, you watch Mike Leach's teams, regardless of their records, they're going to get yards. When you throw it that many times, you know, you're going to get yards. And they had, you know, they did a good job. I thought they did a good job of uh, of getting the ball out, beating the rush. Um, I thought we got a good rush, but they, they did a good job of getting the ball out. And, and they challenged us pretty consistently, you know. They really did. And they have a, and they have a receiver that's probably top three receiver in the conference of the Millette. Really good. He made some difficult catches. There were a lot of times you guys were there, and he just made some incredible catches. Oh yeah, he's a he's a really good player. I mean, he's you know you got you got uh, Stevie at, at Kansas Wesleyan, and then and then you know and he's a dude, and then and then Millette is probably the next dude. I mean, he's right. he's pretty impressive. So they they just kept throwing it up at us, and and they made some big plays, and you know we made some big plays. You know, it comes down to you know if you can't operate consistently when you're playing against somebody that will do that you've got to operate consistently on offense for two reasons one you've got to score some more points and two you know you got to keep your defense off the field a bit you know and and when you're playing a team like that 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 will do that um you can't go three and out too many times that's going to happen you know but you can't do it a lot of times and and when it's simple things that you don't execute on it's it's frustrating one thing that you talked about on Saturday after the game, and I think I heard you talking with your guys about it too, is that being a learning opportunity. And for a team that's still 
on the way up, a team that is on the move and a program that's on the move. For a game like that, it's an opportunity to take that and a loss in overtime where you had those missed opportunities. What was some of your thoughts in terms of a learning opportunity for this program going forward and finding ways that in the next year, next two years, you win games like that? So, you know, that's the thing is we're, you know, we we are – you know, the frustration's done. I mean, we're, you know, just like when we've won, the celebration's over, the frustration's done. You know, we got it out of us on Sunday and then, and, and you know, kind of addressed all of the issues. And, and moving forward, for one, you know, there can't be a complacency and there can't be an entitlement of, well, this team's won two games, there's no way we can lose to them. You know, that, that can't happen. And that's where you grow is you prepare every game and it doesn't matter if you are playing a zero-win team if you're playing Kansas Wesleyan, if you're playing a team with the same record as you, or if they want to roll the New England Patriots out in front of you, <laughs> you better prepare the same way every single week, and you better have that same intensity and that same hunger to go win. And if it's somebody you should beat, go dominate them. And if it's somebody you shouldn't, go find a way to win. But the preparation and the mentality have to be the same day in and day out. Truly, 365 days a year, you're either waking up to get better in life or you're not. Steve and I had an interesting – I think you're going to move on to the next thing. I want to dive into this first. Steve and I kind of had an interesting experience on the sidelines for you guys on Saturday because ESPN3 came in and kicked us out and said, you rejects, go down to the field. <laughs> and we had a chance to see a little bit of your body language, your coaching personality in a way that we haven't really seen before. Normally we're up far away. We don't hear you. We don't really see what's going on. And one thing I took away is just a very calm – presence on the sidelines you have a Nick Saban that will run around and scream you have maybe the opposite of that and a Bill Belichick that stands there with his hoodie on and and just steams on the inside but when I kind of watch some of your characteristics and personality on the sideline you never get upset you never really even have to raise your voice too much where did you learn a little bit about your coaching style and has that kind of changed over the years and maybe some of the mentors that you've looked up to and that that side of it well, you know, I, you know, I, I, I'd like to say everything's kind of by design, and you know, truly, you know, as the week goes, Sunday you're a teacher, and Monday you're getting that first base look, and you're a teacher, and then kind of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you are going to war against your own kids. You, that's when you get after them, and all of those kind of things, and then you know, Friday and Saturday, it's your job to to be the calming factor because if you can't keep your head calm, and can't stay focused and and let them know I mean mistakes are going to happen and if you go screaming at a kid or if you go screaming at an official or any of those things you're not going to make the situation better and create a create a focused environment in my opinion you're just going to create more chaos and I don't like chaos I like to you know I like to if I if we have chaos it's because we created it not because of anything else um you know so we like to use the word controlled chaos at times I don't like that on the sideline on a game day. I want those kids to – I want to be able to communicate clearly with, with whoever I need to communicate with. And, and you know, as a – you know, when you're calling the plays and things, you don't need a lot of, well, I'm angry about this. It needs to be just focused communication, stay collected, and, and move forward, you know. And I've been in a lot of different environments, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, when you – you know, some of those guys I've worked for are not like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's just – you know, in general, I'm not a real high-strung guy in terms of uh, responses, you know. We, and, I th and I think that's one reason your teams have been really good for the most part in the second half. You know, you, you've been down at half in a lot of games and come back and won some of those games, but you never get too high and too low, and, and the team always has a sense that we can come back 
And and I've I've gotten that from your team this year. Well, that's I mean, again, that that's that just goes to you know. If if you're having to get like get after them on Saturday, that means you probably didn't do your job, you know, Sunday through Friday. That that means you probably should have put them in a situation or should have turned the intensity up. So Saturday should be nothing but having fun and, and thinking through problems. So we try to, you know, the the game day approach from for myself and it just comes off kind of naturally, but it it kind of fits everything else as it's you know, it's a it's just like anything else. You know, when you when you start putting, you know, if I would, if I were to get upset with the team every time we were a little bit down, um, like you said, it would, you know, there would be a sense of alarm, not a sense of focus and right. purpose. Well, Saturday, Avila to close out the season, a very good football team. Uh, been playing some terrific football. I, I actually picked them to get upset by Southwestern last week. They went into Winfield, took care of business, twenty-eight to twelve. Uh, another team, they kind of remind you a little bit offensively of Kansas Wesleyan. They got a good quarterback, can really throw the football. I don't know. They don't have the running game that KW does. Defensively, probably not as solid, but one of to me, one of the top three teams in the conference. Yeah, they, uh, you know, offensively, we've followed them a bunch in, in trade film this year, and they have three or four receivers that can really play. I mean, they do. They have they have some kids that are long kids that can really make plays, and their quarterback, you know, he's a Division one transfer kid. He, was, he started at East Carolina and, and – uh, Actually spent just a little bit at Kansas Wesleyan before he landed at Avila, um, and he's a good player. He's a big, strong kid, lefty, and he can he can deliver the ball. They they do some things. They're going to challenge you. They're kind of they're they're like Bethany a bit. When I say that, I mean they'll they'll chuck it up quite a bit, but they can run the ball. You know they, they and do the quarterback can run. Oh, the quarterback can run, and they and yeah. it's they it's not you know they're intentional with 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 how they run him. And then defensively, you know they're a they're a you know. Defensively, they're going to bring pressure and, and play a lot of play a lot of man coverage. So there's a, there's a big challenge in front of us, but it's also a big opportunity. You know, it's not. Uh, this is the first time in in a while for me that the end of the season, the last game was just the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because even you know, most of the, most of the times in the last handful of years, it's been you're playing for a bowl game or you're playing for the playoffs or whatever it may be. Um, and for the kids, it's something else. For this program, we haven't we have an opportunity to go have our first winning season in quite a while. So. You know, I feel like the kids gonna the kids are gonna respond and, and rise up and you know, and go take our best swing at this thing on Saturday. Well, we'll have a chance to wrap up the season next week whenever we talk. Are you excited for your trip to Avila to see their really weird turf setup? <laughs> have well, you been able to figure it out from the film yet? What it looks like? Well, we had some uh, KCAC meetings, uh, all athletic department meetings there, so I got to go. I got to go see it uh, preseason, and it is a, it is a bit different. What do you say we just go out back? And we take out all the bleachers and just turf like all the way out to <laughs> the highway, and we could just have all sorts of games going on. Hey, if you're going to give us some turf, let's let's get rid of the bleachers now. <laughs> you know. Well, Coach Viscus, best of luck this weekend, and hope to make it first winning season since 2010. Appreciate you, gentlemen. Have a good day. Thanks, guy. Continuing now on our McPherson College Coaches Show, we're now joined by volleyball coach Corey Cahill. After a nice week for the volleyball team, a couple of wins, a 3-1 win at home against Avila, and then wrapping things up on Saturday with a 3-0 win over Oklahoma Wesleyan. It's nice to come away with two wins in one week. We haven't had to say that many times over the last couple of weeks, and it's good to get two in a row here this past week. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're we playing well. I mean, we're, we're playing some of the cleanest volleyball we've played all season. Um, we came to play, and, and we took care of business, and – you know, all the changes and all the things that we've had to go through, I think that we're st- finally kind of starting to kick it back into gear. Um, so it's not a bad time to do that. And the KCAC postseason tournament basically is a second season. Everybody's zero and zero. So 
you know, you have to play an extra game uh, compared to four other teams. But if you could take care of, uh, I believe it's York, is that correct, in the, in the first round? Then I believe it's Kansas Wesleyan most likely. And, and even in the matches you've lost this year, you had a lot of three twos in there and matches where you were up 2-0, didn't finish. But this is a, like a second opportunity, a second lease on life. Yeah, I mean, the parity in this league this year is just unmatched. I mean, it's it's crazy how the parity is, and it's anyone's game. I mean, postseason, it's a new season, like you said, and that's kind of exactly what I said to my girls after the Oklahoma Wesleyan game. It's it's postseason, baby. It's time to go. I mean, it's anybody's game. It could be anybody's time. Um, like you said, we've had some really tight matches. Um, you know, Kansas or York, we swept them at their place, but they played a tough match. You know, Kansas Wesleyan, we won, um, but it was a tight and it was a tough match, you know, here at home. So it's going to be a tough one. The next round after that, it most likely is going to be St. Mary. We lost a really tight match against them at their place. Um, you know, and we have to win essentially to make it to that next step. We have to win four matches. We have right. to win the whole tournament to have a chance to go to nationals. We can't, you know, slip up at any point. So it's kind of right now or never. So do you like the format where, 12 teams get in, four get a bye, one team is left out. Or would you rather just seen the top eight? And I think I, I hate the format. Yeah. I mean, I think the, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. I mean, I think the format's silly. Playing, you know, something as important as postseason over the course of two days where even if – You played you know, two you months. The, you played yeah. two months for come down to two days. Yeah, and, and the fact that, you know, 12 teams makes it to where, you know, for example, we're the fifth seed – and we have to play four matches in two days, which is, you know, to play your best volleyball for something as important as a championship, to have to do that over the course of two days and four matches in two days, that's just a lot to ask any team. Um, you know, that's just not an ideal format in any way. Um, you know, definitely changing the format to eight teams would be a positive. Changing it to where it's, you know, a Wednesday match is the first match, and then your Friday is a semifinal, and your Saturday right. is the final. At a location. Yeah, a location. There, there's a lot of things they could do. There's to make a lot this of things better. that could make this better. We don't have to be at Hutch. We, I mean, I think the highest should, seed should be hosting. I think it should be a real championship. Um, so there's a lot of things that I think that could change, and hopefully, you know, will change, but. It, it's the hand we're dealt this year. And it's interesting when you look at the how the KCAC wrapped up this year. You had two teams at the top that I don't think a lot of people expected to be one-two. St. Mary winning the conference, which to me was a surprise. I knew they'd be decent. And then Bethany, which was 9-19 and 19 last year, they're like 21-5 and five right now and we're 10-2 and two in the conference. So, uh, like you said, a lot of parity. Some of the teams that have been good in the past, not quite as good. You know, you look at a Tabor, you know, they used to – just have an incredible program. Bethel, both those programs have kind of regressed a little bit, and some of these other programs have picked up. So uh, it, it just could be anyone's uh, tournament down there. It's just who gets hot at the right time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, for this for, – and, you know, for, I've said from the beginning, I mean, St. Mary, I knew what they had coming in, and I knew that they brought in a whole new look. I mean, their whole roster is, like, brand new. It's, it's crazy. I mean, she's done a fantastic job over there. And Bethany, seeing them in the preseason, I knew that they had some definite potential if they put it together, and they put it together. Um, so, I mean, for me, it, it's not as surprising. I, I kind of knew where things were going to fall. I had hoped that we had been higher in the mix, of course. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, c come at the end, like you said, it's anybody's game. So. Yeah. so many of your girls were a part of last year's run in terms of making it all the way to nationals, playing deep into the KCAC postseason tournament. How do you think that experience helps this team going forward? Do you think it really doesn't matter all that much? Or do you think having to go through the grind and play in these tough environments and high-pressure matches, do you think that helps them out? Yeah, I mean, I think that 
regardless of the results of last year and regardless of where they went last year, I mean, now it's just we're going to go there again. Um, so it's that concept of, well, we've been here once. It's not new to us. Um, but at the same time, we do have a lot of new faces. We have a lot of new pieces on the floor. But the biggest thing that I think that will help this team is the fact that we have played a very tough schedule. We've played some really tough competition. We've played on some, you know, in tough road environments, you know, against tough crowds. I mean, we've, we've kind of played the gambit. Um, so when it comes to pressure, we're not foreign to it. Um, there's a reason why we've lost so many five setters. You know, the fact that we're not just rolling over in three. We've been down 2-0 and pushed it to five multiple times this season. We've been, you know, up 2-0 and then went to five still a couple right. times this season. So it's like we've been pressured and we've come out on top in times and we've come out on bottom at times, but pressure we're no we're no stranger to pressure at this point. Health wise, especially with such you know, four matches in two days, you really need to be pretty deep health wise. How are you right now? Because you've had a lot of injuries this year. I would say um uh we're not very deep. <laughs> um yeah, uh, it definitely four matches being deep would be very helpful. Um we are uh hurting right now and we we are definitely beat up um to play four matches in two days is going to be one heck of a strain on us um you know but the one thing that i know that we have is fighting us i know that my girls aren't going to give up and they're going to put it all out there um so regardless of how they're feeling i think that we're going to fight hard um but yeah there's no doubt that um kind of our depth is lacking at this point in the season and that's definitely going to play a factor well, Coach Cahill, best of luck on a busy, busy weekend. Hopefully it is a busy weekend and you get to spend a lot of time over in Hutchinson on Saturday and hopefully have a chance to make a nice run and find a way to make it to Nationals. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Coach. Joining us now on our McPherson College Coaches Show is cross-country coach Kendra Clay after the cross-country teams, both their seasons, ended on Saturday in the KCAC Championships. The men took sixth with the women taking seventh. It sounds like overall it was a pretty good race for both of your teams this weekend and that they had some pretty good times and it sounded like almost everybody had a PR. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the kids ran at or near a PR, um, especially our scoring runners. Uh, you know, had some significant improvement by some, some athletes there. Um, we had uh, just a, overall a great day. Um, you know, the women's team was seated eighth going in and bumped up a spot, and the, and the guys maintained um, from where they were seated. So very proud of, of the efforts that they put forth. And you had some runners come, you know, kind of close to qualifying. Yeah, uh, Ariana Archuleta, uh, it was all-conference. Uh, 12th place overall, improved 11 places over her 2018 effort. Um, just is probably going to just miss there, probably releasing the uh, national qualifiers as we speak. But uh, regardless, it looks like she's one or two individuals from from getting that berth. But it was that's really interesting because you know you look at the top 10, it's like every almost every team had one or two up in, in the mix up there, and, and that isn't always the case. And uh, normally the conference champion is going to have four or five, and the second-place team is going to have two or three. And then it filters out, and you'll get individuals that are ranked, you know, 13, 14, 15 get in. And so how the race, is, how'd the races end up, men's winner, women's winner? Um, it, you know, obviously St. Mary's won the men's, and, and Friends won the, the women's uh, pretty handily. Um, you know, some, some great runners, though, from other schools up in the mix up there. Um, you know, St. Mary's had the individual women's champion. Um, you know, obviously uh, St. Mary's just about, you know, swept 
you know, on, on the men's side. And, and uh, they're talented enough right now and, and, and fit enough that uh, I don't think they were, were going all out either. So there's more in the tank there. What seniors ran for the last time on Saturday? Uh, Ariana Archuleta, Leanne Myers, uh, Rachel Foreman. So we will lose three of our top five women. Um, and then Cole Hinton uh, is the only male that we'll lose to graduation. We lost, you know, from last year's team, we lost three men. So for our men to maintain and almost finish where they had in 2018 was a good, good thing. But we do lose three women. So those will be some shoes that we'll need to fill. Well, based off of some of your comments from after the championship meet on Saturday, you talked about how the men's team really improved over the season. I think you noted that their time improved by two minutes from the start of the year and, and that this was a really good year for those guys, a lot of them younger, a lot of them inexperienced that got better and better as the season went on and ran their best at the very end when they needed to. Yeah, you know, Jaden Fleming uh, has really bought in and, and believes in himself. Uh, he, he improved 57 places, and, uh, you know, it was, it was believed and it was noted by a number of coaches that the course may have been a tad long. Uh, we all ran the same course, and that's what matters the most, and, and I can't verify that. But had we make those adjustments based on that, uh, four or five men and a good chunk of our women would have uh, all ran PRs. So that's what you want. You want to run your best at the end of the year. What's your standard men's race is it an 8k most of the time it is an 8k and what, what was this one an 8.2k yeah, maybe well, <laughs> well anywhere from 0 0.07 uh to a tenth of a mile so you're looking anywhere from 150 to 180 meters 190 meters long and so you make that time adjustment you know for the kids to let them know that is one thing that we look at and if we adjust that in terms of our total team time um, both teams were a couple of minutes better than they'd been all season and that course isn't the fastest course we run on all year either. So they were all in. They were focused. They were engaged. Um, they were battling in there. Um, there was one point in the race where Jaden, uh, for about the first 50% of the, the race, was uh, in the top 12, 13s. He, he just didn't quite have the fitness yet to, to hold that. But he, he was in the mix there. And Ariana Archuleta, she knew who those individuals were. Um, and held on as long as she could and, and just came up just short. However, you know, we'll, we'll take an all-conference performer. Now the recruiting process, be, well, I'm sure it's already been underway, but now you get into it uh, full-time. Yeah. Uh, are you looking at JUCOs, high schools? What, what's, what's the emphasis? Uh, all the above. <laughs> um, you know, we'll take a visit to a couple of our area junior colleges um, that we have some connections with. Um, I'll be out quite a bit in between Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Texas here as much as I can over the next couple of weeks. Um, may, you know, long-term be taking some, some trips out, uh, out west as well. What's the ideal squad size for men and women, would you say? Uh, 15 committed per gender. Right. Uh, I think that's pretty healthy. I mean, you will see squad size is a little bit larger than that, but I think sometimes those kids um, get a little lost in the mix. I think that's that's actually a challenge that St. Mary's probably has because they have like 19 men on the line. Mm -hmm. um, some of those guys could continue, and they will continue to develop, but there's that sense of connection and contribution and everything that sometimes it's harder to sell to those kids once you get beyond that, you know, 15 runners. That, that's the challenge for them. That's a good challenge. I mean, we'll, we'd we would take that challenge um, gladly, but um, it, it, retention becomes a, a huge concern. What are some of your takeaways from fall number one here in McPherson and things to learn and improve on going forward? Well, the big thing that we've been uh, approaching is just the culture and the lifestyle that it takes to be a runner. Uh, I don't want to 
Um, I, I can't comment on other sports, but you can't miss summer training and, and it's and really, just show up and, and just show up in the yeah. fall and, and rely on the skill set. I mean, a lot of what we do is conditioning for other sports and we do a lot of conditioning and whether you're talking about um, the strength development, flexibility, um, addressing biomechanical issues that runners um, are different between runners. Um, it's, it is individualized there, but it's much more of a lifestyle diet recovery. It's not whether you're willing to do the work, it's always how you recover from the work. And those athletes like the St. Mary's that we talk about in the Friends University on the women's side, those athletes are able to do more work and they recover better than our athletes. Hence, they run faster. So there's a lot of teaching of lifestyle, and we've, we've got those kids buying into that now. Um, but uh, my big takeaway is that we've got the process started. We, we really do. Our women's team was three spots better. Our men maintained. The kids get it. They understand it. Um, and we're just going to continue um, establishing that culture. Well, Coach Clay, congrats on a nice fall, and we'll hope that at this time a year from now it's even better. All right. Thank you. Joining us now on our coaches show is McPherson College women's soccer coach Mark Olson. As your season has now come to a close, 4-11 and 3 overall, 4-5 and 3 in the KCAC, and it all wrapped up with a 3-0 loss at Kansas Wesleyan on Saturday. I want to talk a little bit about your conference matchup there in the quarterfinals with Kansas Wesleyan. It was a 3-0 loss, but I know Kansas Wesleyan's been a very good team and a team that you guys played well earlier in the season as well. Walk me through Saturday's season-ending loss. Well, the first half we played with them. We played very well. It was back and forth. They got uh, they got a nice goal, um, but it was pretty even in shots, pretty pretty even play. And then in the second half, you know, their strength, corner kicks. I mean, we gave up six goals to them this year. Five of those were from corner kicks. And they got two in the second half and capitalized on both of them, and, and that kind of summed that up. But... You know, the girls fought. They kept playing. Whenever you play Kansas Westland, they're a very physical team. And that's something that we did not handle very well as the game grew on into the second half. Coming into the season, you guys were picked 12th in the KCAC preseason poll. You finished 6th. You got off to a rough start because you scheduled just a brutal non-conference yeah. schedule to get your team ready. You felt like it got you ready. Um, then you had kind of a stretch there where it seems like you were tying everybody. Then you went on a bit of a run there uh, where you climbed from 11th to 6th, uh, got that, you know, played number three Kansas Wesleyan. But uh, describe the progress your team made this season. You know, they they needed to they, – they took their time. They needed to learn how to win. You know, and the season started off with, with those five losses, and then we – took the next step and tied a couple games, which helped them gain some confidence there. And then, you know, once we got that first win, they started to understand, they started to figure it out. And there's sometimes, I mean, teams, until they get that win, they just need to learn how to win. You know, we had leads in games. We had a 1-0 lead against friends before we went on that three-game win streak and had the lead against friends and just did not know how to put that game away. And I think if we would have won some games before that, you know, had some more success in the in the preseason, that would have helped us out in those types of games. So scheduling for next year, we're learning from that, and hopefully we can get some uh, non-conference wins next year early on. Well, I know that goal scoring was a big emphasis for this team because you just failed to score in a lot of games two years ago. This year, you double your goal scoring 
output from last year or from yeah from last year. What do you want to see from this team going forward into next year? And what are the next steps that this program makes? And, and where's your next emphasis for where this program can go? Well, we need we still didn't score enough goals. We missed a lot of opportunities. And next year's goal is to double this year's. We have to bring in. Uh, you know, I'm recruiting uh, speed and players up top. You know, we're pretty solid defensively, but I'm gonna, you know, try and bring in stronger players that can that can put the ball in the back of the net, or at least bring competition uh, to our practices where players have to put those balls away. How many seniors do you have to replace? We have five seniors this year, okay. so looking to bring in probably 10 to 11 players. I'd like to increase the roster a little bit to help us out, just so that players can get some rest. We had a uh, Nelly and Pamela center mids who just by the end of the season were just beat up because they had to play 90 minutes a game. So it would be nice to get some subs in that can come in the game without uh, losing you know, any talent in those spots. It seems like for you and your team this year, every time I saw your interactions with the players and some of your assistants, it feels like this was a group that really enjoyed being around each other. It seemed like a group that had a lot of fun. I know that winning and, and having a better year than you had last year adds to that, but it felt like this group really enjoyed playing soccer together and just being around each other. No, they did. This was a great group to be around. You know, when they knew when to take things serious, but they could also have a lot of fun outside of, outside of soccer together. So it was, a, it was an enjoyable year. You know, winning some games helped that, but even before that, the players really enjoy, you know, giving me a hard time and, <laughs> and giving Francis a hard time. But when it comes down to it, when it's time to work, they definitely work. Who are some of the girls that, at, now that you look at the end of the season, who are some of the girls that surprised you or stepped up in a way that maybe you weren't quite expecting, not to slight them in any way, yeah. but who are some girls that surprised you this year? Yeah, Emily Segura, who we signed probably about a week before the season started. Uh, out of Las Vegas, she, uh, I didn't know what to expect from her. You know, I didn't know a lot of times if, if a player's not signed by then, there's reasons for that. And she came in and I think she started and played almost every minute um, at a center back position for a freshman to come in and do as well as she did at that position. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, you know, the transfers, you know, Bianca, um, Avila, she did, she did as we expected at center back this year. Next year, I hope to bring in a center back and be able to move Bianca up to the forward position where she spent quite a bit of time playing. Um, you know, and then we have Maddie, who is returning uh, from a phenomenal freshman year. So, you know, I, I look forward to next year. What's the offseason look like in terms of practicing, in terms of workouts? When do you guys kind of get the offseason started? I know that it, your season just ended on Saturday, and so maybe a couple days of rest, but when do you get everything going again? Uh, we'll give them the rest of this month off and December off, and then, you know, they need time away from us. We need time away from them, and they're all looking forward to going home because most of them have not been home at all since August. And then towards the end of January, we'll – We'll start playing futsal and, and start practicing again, preparing for next year. The nice thing about it is this is probably the first time that we'll actually have a full squad where we can play, you know, train for 11 players on the field during the offseason. Every other year we've had five or six or seven or eight. So it'll be nice to start working on things for next year in January. 
Steve, do you know what futsal is? I don't. I was just I was just nodding. I was just going along. <laughs> futsal is one of my favorites because it's all very skilled. It's essentially soccer, but the ball kind of has to stay on the ground. You can't okay. hit big passes over the top. Smaller ball, weighted a little bit. Okay. It's a fun game. You'd really I was like just, it. I was just agreeing with what you typically played like in a basketball. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what you guys were talking about. <laughs> well, Coach Olson, congrats on a nice season, and Great. we'll look forward to doing this again next year. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Mark. it. Joining us now in our McPherson College Coaches Show is Bulldog men's soccer coach Doug Quint after his team finished up the season last Saturday with a 5-2 loss at York and also a 5-1 loss at Oklahoma Wesleyan last week since we last talked. They finish up the year 9-9 overall and 7-5 in the KCAC. It seems like it was a very up-and-down year for your team where you would have the highest of highs and then you'd have the lowest of lows some days. Tell me a little bit about this 2019 season and how it compared to some of the other seasons that you've been a part of. Uh, a couple things. First, uh, season of firsts. Um, first time we've lost to uh, York since 2004. First time we've lost to Southwestern since 2003. First time we've lost to Bethel in 11 years for um season of firsts and it had everything to do with our lack of consistency um now we can talk about our injuries and the injuries we had which certainly plagued us this year but it gave ch other players a chance to play and the bottom line is those guys need to step up when their opportunity presents themselves and we as a team just could not find that consistency um and you know, nine and nine is certainly a disappointing season. Um, we were picked to finish, I think, tied for second. Right. I believe, um, and we felt really good coming into the season, but we just did not. Uh, a lot, a lot of things just just happened, and guys just didn't perform. It was a season where you just couldn't get any traction in the past. You've had streaks of five, six, seven wins in a row, uh, but you know, let's face it, the KCAC has gotten a lot better. They have, and, and, and you know, you look at some of the teams like Southwestern. Look how much better they got. Uh, you know, even Avila was the worst team in the league, and they played people tough. You yes. look at a team like that. And, and Bethel won some matches that people didn't expect. But overall, the KCAC from top to bottom has got a lot better. But uh, in the past, you've always had those runs. It always seems like you play a tough non-conference schedule. Then you go on a run. Then, you're, you know, you're in that Final Four in the postseason. It's just a little different not being, you know, in the Final Four like we always have been. But uh, um, as a coach – that's got to be really motivating for next year, though, uh, uh, especially on the recruiting trail. And, and your guys coming back, they got to take that as a challenge. Yeah, we've got uh, probably 35 guys coming back for next, next fall, uh, which is good. Uh, a lot of younger players. Uh, now hopefully we can get some, find that, get some of that maturity going in the offseason, put them through the grind a little bit, uh, and then go out and find those key pieces that we need. Um, and right now what we're, what we're looking at uh, primarily for those key pieces is this year we went very heavy with the freshmen. Um, we're going to find some key pieces in the transfer market. Uh, we, just, we need somebody to cons cons consistently score goals and break guys down. Uh, you know, Nick Torres type <laughs> we do. score. We do. And he, uh, funny, we saw him, uh, he came out to our uh, pra last practice and visit us, and it's good to see how he's doing and how things are, be are for him. And, out in Colorado, and mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I asked him if he's t you know, hey, can I slip you a jersey? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. What are some of your focal points in terms of your off-season training, and and some of the things that you'll be preaching to these guys? I know you've mentioned consistency and trying to find that one guy that can get you a goal at any time you need it. But what are some other things that you're focusing on with this group? That refuse to lose mentality. Um, I felt uh, against York. 
we worked for three days on one specific thing and defensively and in a matter of 90 seconds it was that we made that mistake and they score a goal and, and you could see the frustration set across our team and I felt in a lot of ways they because of that they they kind of just checked in they yeah. checked out and yeah. they've got to refuse to lose and have that mentality uh that they know they can fight back I mean we did that against Friends University uh, one of the best teams in the league who is going to have a chance to win the conference championship uh, Saturday uh, if they can get, you know, they play tomorrow and they get by their opponent tomorrow, which will be tough. But they can move forward. That was one of the best teams we played against Oklahoma Wesleyan. Um, you take out the first 30 minutes. Statistically, we were better in the, uh, from that mm -hmm. point on. But they just had that killer instinct. And when we made a mistake, they were going to put you down and they put us down and that's something you know that you haven't really had in your program uh for as long as you've been here you've always had that mentality that you know you play the entire 90 minutes and and maybe it was just because you're a young team and inconsistent but uh anyway when you look at the conference do you still think i know oklahoma wesleyan was the regular season champion do you still see them winning the tournament i do yeah i do they're they're he's got a good group and the fact that he's got three guys up front that uh, between the, his center mid and his number nine and number 10, those three guys are three of the best players in the country. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down, your best players are going to win the game for you, and those guys are. Those guys are winning games for them, uh, and they're just at another level. Well, like Coach Kenneman always says, the team that has the best players is most likely going to win. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. that's, and that's what he always says. You're right, and I felt that way on Saturday against York. I, they, they beat us, Yeah, plain and simple. Well, Coach Quint, enjoy the off season. Get these guys motivated. And I'm sure you'll take a little bit of time off and, and be able to step back for a moment, do a little recruiting. I know that the Kansas high school season is over now, and so you don't get to go do that. Maybe some other places around the state or around the country. But enjoy your off season, and we'll get ready to go here in a few more months. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it, Doug. Thank you. We're now wrapping up our McPherson College Coaches Show, Steve, and a busy Coaches Show tonight as we get ready for what could be another busy weekend this weekend. Football and volleyball, of course, with a chance to wrap up their seasons, and hopefully volleyball with a chance to extend its season going on in the next couple of weeks in the conference championship tournament going on in Hutchinson starting on Friday and then hopefully continuing into Saturday. Bulldog football at Avalon, Kansas City on Saturday, and then you and I will be right here inside the Sports Center on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening actually kind of late games for Tabor and tonight right now as this is uh airing we are in Lindsborg that's right uh for the basketball Mac, time uh county basketball rivalry uh last year the Mac women won at Bethany the men lost and uh came away with the split but always a festive atmosphere inside the antiquated Han gymnasium one of the oldest gyms it's got that hollow floor seating on only one side it's Quite the interesting venue to play in. It sounded like you said antiquated in a mean way. No, it's, it's just it, it's just it's uh, just old. It's, you don't see gyms very often with just seating on one side. What if I start calling you antiquated? Uh, you already do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve. Well, we're wrapping up our McPherson College Coaches Show. We'll have a normal Coaches Show next week, wrapping up all the fall sports, and then probably take a little break for some turkey and some dressing, and then get back to some shorter Coaches Shows on the other side of Thanksgiving, as we'll be pretty much down to basketball. Right, and. Uh, We'll have some coaches on from time to time how recruiting's going. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency.
Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show. You can listen to the show at our podcast page at soundcloud.com slash Sports, or watch the video of all the interviews at macbulldogs.com.